Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. You know, I felt okay when I woke up, but now I'm just feeling a little bit like like kids are stabbing at my legs with knives. <laughs> kids are stabbing at your legs with knives? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're going to melt onto the floor. I'm looking at you from across the stable. You don't look so hot, babe. For those wondering <laughs> what's happening, I got my second dose of the COVID shot with the COVID vaccine. I got the, I got the Moderna one. I don't know. I felt good overnight. I was sleeping just fine. In the morning, I had a headache. So I took a Tylenol, but now I feel like I'm slowly being sucked in through sucked a black into hole or something. a black hole. You're going to be fine, babe. We yeah, are yeah. going to get through this podcast, I know. Sisters. I, I, I thought for a second, should we postpone this episode to record it tomorrow? But I was like, no. We sat down. We have our notes in front of us. Let me. I have my pen. <laughs> We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through together. this. Together. Together. But uh, with that being said, this episode is going to be all about, well, one, does weightlifting make you bulky? That's a very common misconception, very common myth. And we're also going to talk about some of the best factors for uh, PCOS weight loss workouts. So yes. if you want to learn how to work out for your PCOS weight loss journey or just to be just to be work out to, to work out to be in shape, then this is the episode for you. Yeah, I did a poll on Instagram. We'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. But so many sisters said that they didn't want to lift weights in the past because they were afraid of getting bulky. And I thought it was so interesting because when I was struggling with PCOS, at my worst, I was doing such intense cardio and that's when I felt bulkier. And we'll definitely get into like why that is and how lifting weights actually creates lean muscle when you do it a certain way. And Sirak, yeah. our PCOS personal trainer expert here, is going to deep dive into that. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, when you first work out, you may experience a little bit of weight gain. And there's a very common thing. We get this question asked a lot in our membership program, The Sisterhood. And there's actually a very um, scientific reason for this. When, you first started, when you're first starting with working out with weight training, your body, your muscles need glycogen or sugar to convert to glucose, which is the energy sor source for your muscles. They need this to recover. So when you're doing your workouts afterwards, your body is going through this process of converting the glycogen into glucose. Now, when you're doing weight training, your body is going to need more of this glycogen and therefore it has to store more of it. In order to store the glycogen, it needs to bind with water. So now in addition to storing gl more glycogen, your body is also retaining more water. Now, this is all temporary. This usually happens in the first couple of weeks when you're first starting with weight training and over time as your body gets more used to it, it will store less glycogen and store less water. Now that's one factor. The other factor is um, that muscle weighs more than fat. So if your goal is to maybe reduce you know, um, a weight gain in the midsection or just weight gain overall, well, it's very common to at first see the scale go up a couple pounds because muscle, like I was mentioning, weighs heavier 
uh, than fat. But what ends up happening long term is the muscle that you're building is now going to start to take energy um, from the fat around around the area. So as you're growing that muscle, it's also pulling from the fat. So over a long period, you're actually really defining that area with more muscle, getting more lean. And, and again, that's one of the reasons why you may see you know the scale go up slightly in the first couple of weeks. That's so interesting because people often get intimidated the first couple of weeks when they don't see the scale move yeah. quickly when you're weightlifting. And there's actually like a physiological reason as to why that's happening. Yeah. And if you stick to it and continue to build that muscle, then the 23 hours for the rest of the day after your workout, you're going to continue to burn off that glucose in your body and burn fat. Yeah. And it's so good for your metabolism. And at the end of the day with PCOS, all we're trying to do is heal our metabolism and have a healthy body that can actually burn what we're eating without us having to count all the calories and how many calories did I burn and how many calories did I eat. Yeah. So our body can just function properly. Absolutely. And one of the things I truly believe in is that you don't lose weight at the gym. You lose weight afterwards. You know, yes, you can burn some calories. Yes, you can increase your metabolism while you're at the gym. But if you're doing the right workouts for you and your PCOS, you get most of your results afterwards because when you're doing the right workouts, one, your metabolism will be higher permanently mm -hmm. as long as you continue uh, to do the consistent workouts. Two, your insulin resistance will be um, uh, will be healing slowly over time as you continue to, you know, uh, improve uh uh, lean muscle in the body you're, you'll improve your insulin sensitivity and three you'll be helping to regulate your cortisol all three of these things are the major factors that are holding back a lot of sisters from seeing their results and that's why in this episode we're going to cover how you can help to basically tackle each of those three things and yeah and help get on your pcos um you know workout journey but i think uh let's let's go to uh for first does weightlifting make you bulky Let's yeah. kind of talk about that myth for a minute. And Tanya, I think you had, this, had an experience with this. Yeah, I found that weightlifting was actually like starting the car. And then the rest of the day was like driving. You know what I'm saying? Like starting the car, like starting your metabolism. And um, that being said, I found that when I was not doing weightlifting and I was actually doing intense workouts, at the same time, my insulin was really high because I had insulin resistance and this was causing me to bulk and store fat and not be able to burn it. Mm -hmm. And so my body shape was not of an overweight person. It was more of um, I, there's like a word for it in Armenian called huska. <laughs> and I don't know what the translation in English is, but basically I just felt like puffy or sure. um inflamed or um just not lean okay mm -hmm. and it really had to do a lot with my insulin resistance yeah. and i even read that bodybuilders take insulin yeah. to promote muscle growth and bulking yeah exactly. so i mean it just goes to show if you're doing workouts that are making you more insulin resistant like running five miles or running for an hour and at the same time, you're not having a diet that promotes insulin sensitivity and you're having gluten, dairy, if that's triggering insulin resistance or a lot of carbs, this and that, then you'll end up bulking. So the key to not bulking, one of the keys is definitely to combine the way you're working out 
which is proper weightlifting and the way you're eating. And mm-hmm. that will prevent you from bulking. And I was doing yeah. the exact opposite. I was eating less and working out more. And that was making me bulk. Those are great points. Babe. Great points. And I, I want to add on to that because uh, if you ask me, does weightlifting make you bulky, especially for, for women? I would say that's a myth. And it's really all about the points you said. I think the first and most important thing is that it's really based on your diet. Now, uh, when it comes to, let's just say, like men, they, when they're working out, when they're trying to bulk up, they, can, they try to eat like three, 4,000 calories. That's basically one of the main uh, proponents of bulking up is those crazy amounts of calories. Now, uh, most likely, you're not having that amount of calories. You know, for women with PCOS, um, it's generally around like 2,000 calories or less, yeah. I mean, depending on each person. I just want to say, are they eating more carbs? Like, you know, yes. carbo-loading, they yes. say. Yeah, I was just going to so, say that too. Yeah. The aspect of what they do is also a lot of carb-loading, like you yeah. just said. Yeah. yeah, and that's just like women with PCOS who are insulin-resistant. Basically, we're like constantly carb-loading because yeah. we're struggling to digest carbs, you yeah. know, even if we're eating little carbs. Yeah, and that diet, like Tanya was talking about, is going to affect your insulin resistance. So, and the insulin resistance, one of the things it can cause is testosterone. Now, that goes to my second point. To bulk up, you need a lot of testosterone. Even women with PCOS, it's not the same amount of testosterone as a male who's trying to bulk up. So, just because if you have PCOS and you think you have excess testosterone doesn't mean that you're going to automatically bulk up. Mm-hmm. However, it is important to be aware to keep your testosterone levels low by making sure that your insulin resistance is healing over time. Yeah. And, we'll, and we'll definitely by get to that. lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, third, and I, I, in my opinion, this is like the most important part right here, is you aren't lifting uh, as heavy to actually bulk up. To bulk up, you need to have uh, a certain rep range. So what I mean is, uh, imagine you're just doing squats, right? Now, if you're doing squats for 10 to 12 reps, meaning you're going up, down, up, down 10 times, you're basically using a lighter weight. In order to bulk up, you're going to be doing like four to six reps at a very, very heavy weight. So meaning you, you're putting like a very heavy uh, weight on your back yeah. and, you're do- and you can only do four re- repetitions. Now, that's going to make you bulk up. But in with our workouts in the sisterhood, in our course, our workouts are... Uh, with like 12 to 15 reps using light weights. Mm-hmm. You won't bulk up using those light yeah. weights with that rep range. I want to clarify by light because sometimes light weights means like one, two, three pounds mm. in bar class. Oh, okay. Or what you call it, barre. Barre. <laughs> um, yeah, they use one, two, three pound weights, but we use like 10 to 15 pound weights yeah, in our sometimes workout. Sometimes five, I'd say 10, that's 12, 15, something like that. Yeah. Sometimes we use resistance bands. So again, like it's really... When you're working out and you're thinking about bulking, well, just think about the rep range. How many reps am I doing for this workout and how heavy is it? If you're doing 10, 12, 15 repetitions with a lighter weight, that's not going to really make you bulk up. Yeah. Are you trying to conceive? When you're in the process of baby making, you don't want to take a prenatal that's designed for a woman who's pregnant. They get expensive and have ingredients you don't need quite yet. 
Perinatal Core is a prenatal focused on women who are trying to conceive. It contains the active form of folic acid, folate, as well as 2,000 IUs of vitamin D. Also, it doesn't have any expensive ingredients that you don't need until you're pregnant. Theralogix's prenatal, Theranatal Core, is especially for women with PCOS who are in the process of baby making. Check the link in the description for our 15% off code. Alright babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath, and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth please so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. So that really, uh, just wanted to cover first, basically, the, the myth that basically, you know, weight training will, will automatically make you bulky. These, yeah. are, these are the factors of why um, uh, that's not the case. So yeah. as we talked about, just to summarize before we go into the rest of the episode is managing insulin resistance can be one of the keys to, you know, to not bulking, to make sure that the insulin doesn't uh, cause you to gain weight. Mm -hmm. Also, you want to make sure that the insulin is not causing you to create excess testosterone. Again, you, you would need a lot of excess testosterone to basically have it to cause, uh, um, to have it make you bulk up. But again, it's something to be aware of. And lastly, you know, the, the repetitions that you're doing um, uh, with your workouts and uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So many of our listeners, like me in the past, are I gotta probably get a blanket for my legs. They're a blanket cold. for his legs. <laughs> okay. So many of our listeners, like me in the past, babe, the blanket's on the bed. So, anyways, many of our sisters, like me in the past, probably did a lot of cardio. And you kind of get caught up in that um, lifestyle. Like it's addicting, like the adrenaline rush of like running for an hour or doing kickboxing and stuff can be really addicting. And so let's talk about some of the reasons why cardio isn't as efficient as doing compound exercises and how we really need to get out of this mindset that we get caught up in about working out more and cutting calories and eating less. There's so many reasons we're going to touch on some of them about why this is not going to help you lose weight. And this is actually going to promote that bulky feeling. Yeah. Um, and this goes back to what we we're talking about is you don't want to focus your weight loss results on your workout alone. You want to you want it to make sure that it helps you afterwards. So what does cardio do? Um, I mean, in, in cardio can is still very helpful, and I would still suggest to do cardio. But there, in my opinion, there is a way to do it for women with PCOS. So if you want to, do, if you like doing cardio, we like to limit it to around thirty minutes um, for a session at a steady pace. Now the reason why is once you go, once you go to like to an hour or longer with intense with the intensity, your body is going to be dumping a lot of sugar into the bloodstream so that your so that your body can convert it into uh, energy. But what happens when you have insulin resistance, which 80% of women with PCOS have, that it uh, it doesn't get converted into energy and instead gets stored as fat. So again, um, it's it's like breaking our metabolism yeah, further. And break, yeah. and after you run for an hour and your body gets used to running for an hour or half an hour, whatever, 
then you now have to start running for an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 15. You constantly have to push yourself to push your metabolism. Um, And that's worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And just to go off of that is, so when you do a cardio session, let's just say you burn 200 calories, right? I'm just throwing out a number there. And then you go, you have lunch. I mean, more than likely your lunch is going to be more than what you just ran. So it's like you're constantly running, running to burn calories and to have like this almost like this yeah. calories in, calories out kind of a method in your head. Whereas when you do uh, weightlifting, for example, slow weight workouts, after your workout, your metabolism can actually stay elevated up for up to days. And when you actually start to add on the lean muscle, your metabolism will permanently stay elevated because your body needs more energy. Now, there's a reason for this. The reason is that muscle requires energy, whereas fat doesn't. Fat just sits there, it's in storage, it doesn't do anything. Whereas muscle, even when you're sitting down, it's twitching, it mm-hmm. needs it needs energy constantly. So as a result, when you have more lean muscle, your body is going to increase its metabolism in order to support what it needs. Mm-hmm. So that's what we talk about. This first aspect of your metabolic dysfunction is by doing the slow way to workouts, yeah. you know, the lightweight training, you're you're able to reverse the metabolic dysfunction, bring it back to where it is, and you're no longer depending on your workouts to lose weight. You're just having your workouts are helping you get to the root cause. Exactly. And after your workouts, you're continuing to lose weight. Exactly. You're you're managing your blood sugar by having muscle mass on your body from lifting weights and that's keeping your insulin levels low and when insulin levels are low and not high it's better for fat burning because when insulin is high it blocks fat burning so that's what we're talking about and when you're doing cardio you're you know like you said after a while you start pumping sugar into your bloodstream and so on and that's the second point too is the insulin resistance when you do weight training, lightweight training, and you're increasing your lean muscle, your body is now more sensitive to insulin because it has more storage. Remember earlier I was talking about how your uh, your muscles convert glycogen into glucose so it can store it for energy, for energy? Well, that's what it does. When you're increasing your lean muscle, now your body has more resources to store the glucose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, how much better does this sound to just lift weights for 20 to 30 minutes instead of having to do an intense workout like running for an hour, an hour and a half? Although I must say when I was like running or doing um, kickboxing, the time did fly because you get like caught up into the rhythm and it's so easy. Like you're just go, 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 go. Whereas weights, it's like, oh, oh, and you're doing like a few different things and so on. But Anyways, I'd rather just watch one episode on Netflix and get my weightlifting yeah. out of the way than go on a long ass run and like spend really make, my time. Yeah, you can really make your gym time more fun. You can, it, it can, it, like we always talk about, your gym time doesn't have to feel like a chore. It can feel like something you look forward yeah. to, something that self care moment. Yeah, like a self care moment. You know, putting on a podcast that you like, maybe like yeah. a sister and mister, or putting on a <laughs> YouTube video that you can watch while you're working out that you know you can still concentrate on your workout, but you, you're still enjoying you know the moment. Exactly. And then uh, the next point we want to talk about, so we talked about cardio for a second, but the next point we want to talk about is, are you, um, have you tried sisters to do maybe like a workout program, for example, like HIT, or other workout programs that force you to run around the gym and basically do single joint exercises? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by single joint exercises is mean, 
um, for example, just working out your biceps or working out only your triceps or working out only your shoulders. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with working out your biceps. Of course not. But the biceps are a really small muscle compared to your upper body. Same with the triceps. Now, if you're going to be working out your upper body in one workout session, do you really want to do eight different exercises to work out all these different muscles? For example, your biceps, your triceps, your chest, your shoulder, your back, your abs. Like, do we it, really? Yeah. They make it so complex yeah. at these workout classes for HIIT. And they make it seem like you have to go to this class yeah. in order to lose weight. You have to do these all of these workouts and, and lose your breath and run around. And it's really not that big of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be a lot more efficient. Maybe you're spending an hour or hour and a half to do all these eight different exercises where each exercise is working on a small muscle. But instead... What we can do is combine these uh, muscle groups into one exercise. For example, mm -hmm. instead of doing, um, instead of maybe working out uh, your leg and your bicep separately, you can do something called a forward lunge and bicep curl, where you're literally combining the motion of a front uh, forward lunge with a bicep curl. So now you're working out your entire lower body with the addition of your biceps. Now, to me, that sounds a lot more efficient. Yeah. And there, there are many examples of this. For example, like a shoulder twist and press where you're coming down uh, almost into a, uh, a deadlift and then you come back and you twist your body to press the shoulder above you. I mean, don't do it based on my description there, but that's a workout. <laughs> twist sh your shoulder, everyone. Yeah. Shoulder twist and press is what it's called. But that workout literally incorporates your entire lower body and incorporates your shoulders, yeah. triceps, and upper and back. And your abs. And abs, Because yeah. you're, like, holding yourself yeah. together, right? You're try You're not going to slouch. You're not going to... Yeah. There's no, like, loosey-goosey, like, cheat way to do this because you're going to hurt yourself. So you're actually working out every single yeah. muscle almost. Dali knows this because she does it in the sisterhood. <laughs> I do. And I must say, Monday and Tuesday... So today's Thursday. I'm going to work out later. But I had such good workouts on Monday and Tuesday because I was really intentional. Because I had written this podcast episode notes, I really got like intentional about my workouts on Monday and Tuesday because I was thinking about how much time and energy I was saving by doing this 30-minute workout, staying focused, timing my one-minute rests in between sets so that I'm not like lollygagging and making this workout longer, doing the compound workouts like you mentioned by combining different uh, movements so that I'm working out everything. And I just got my workout done, cut mm -hmm. to the chase. The next morning, I felt so lean, yeah. so strong, sore, like really happy about the intention that I had behind my workouts Monday and Tuesday and hopefully today. Yeah, and I love what you said, you know, just getting right to it efficient you're not like running between workouts you're going from one workout to another really enjoying the moment you know yeah really enjoying the exercise instead like i feel when you run from one to another it's like you run you're out of breath and now you're doing the exercise but not really thinking about it yeah it's like you're so tired and exhausted that yeah. you're just swinging when the is weights. this over you're exactly. swinging the weights yeah instead i was like okay well there's only like four or five workouts and I'm on workout number three. We're almost done. You know, like it's so much easier, you guys. Yes. Let's go on to our next point, which is cutting calories. This I have is to my say, favorite. I'm dying right now. Are <laughs> you really? Oh my I God. don't feel good at all. Oh my Let's gosh. Continue. We Let's need to continue. Okay. Let's continue. So <laughs> I feel horrible. <laughs> okay. So let me talk about this cutting calories Please. part because I can't. So not eating enough 
is going to make you lose muscle. And then you start to look weaker. And even if the scale is going down, eventually you'll plateau. And then the scale will start going up because now you have broken your metabolism. You're going to end up looking softer. You're going to have less strength. And, you know, you can't even eat as much as before because you don't have enough muscle mass to burn what you're eating. And you, your metabolism isn't even working enough for you to be hungry at this point. That's what happens when you stop eating, stop eating, stop eating and cut all those calories. You basically stripped your body of your own metabolism and the thinness that happens from that is only temporary. Yeah. And then there you reach a certain age at a certain point, you just start gaining weight yeah. because you haven't been thinking about your metabolism. You've been thinking about calories this whole time. And I know people like this who just like skip breakfast, like breeze through lunch with some coffee and a salad and then like have this dinner, big dinner at night or whatever and snack and or, you know, just make sure that they're not eating like a lot of calories in their during their meals. And then they're like, well, when I eat something, I end up gaining weight really quickly. And this is because your metabolism just like hasn't been moving. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't been eating at all. And then all of a sudden you eat and then your insulin goes up and it won't come back down because you had a huge meal and it's a mess. So yeah. I highly encourage you not to listen to anyone who tells you to cut calories yeah. below the number that your body needs. Yeah. And it, it is a, there's like two factors to this too. Like Tanya was saying, when you cut calories, you're not really getting down to the root issues of why the weight gain may have happened. You know, with PCOS, we talked about the insulin resistance. We talked about the metabolic dysfunction, cortisol. So when you cut calories, uh, you're basically, uh, it may be like a short-term uh, result so, maybe you do yeah. it for one two weeks you see some results but imagine uh c- you can't continue that forever because yeah. you can't live in a calorie restriction forever yeah. your and muscles can't yeah. thrive in that exactly. environment your body can't so and you now have you're to find, just weak yeah you have to find a sustainable approach the other thing is so like um when you're when you're already at when your body already has a metabolic dysfunction when you cut calories like talia was saying it can it can only make that worse why well think about our ancestors for a second when they you know when they were living in small tribes you know they had limited resources of food at times what does our body do when there are limited resources of food it's and what does like almost every other animal in the world do it shuts down your metabolism the body realizes oh there's no food around us we're not getting enough you know uh, resources we need to lower our metabolism so that we can save energy so that we can store fat and so we can survive but that's our that's our body's mechanism so when you cut the calories your body is doing is going to do something similar it's going to be like oh we're not getting enough food that means we're in danger our survival is in danger therefore let's lower down the let's lower down the metabolism in order to save Mm -hmm. energy and in order to store fat so if you're if you've tried cutting calories and you've seen the opposite results and we've had people tell us that they went on like 1200 calorie restrictive diets Mm -hmm. You know that's which which can and be they're really, working out at the same time. Yeah, which can it's be really just bad so for your body. low. Yeah. So these are some things to be to be aware of. Yeah. So focusing on your metabolism, and it can be as easy as just you know eating enough and doing five exercises, three sets each, in a thirty-minute span. That's your workout, and you're ready to go. And yeah. I mean, think about the compound exercises that you mentioned earlier. When you think about it. 
you you have so much muscle in between your knee and your hip joint. There's your glutes, your quads, your hips, your hamstrings. And when you get on those machines at the gym, Syriac always like forbid me from going on those gym machines because you're really just working one muscle. It's either your quads, your pressing. Not just that, they're also dangerous. Yeah. And when you're doing these compound exercises, you're doing a lunge, you're at the same time, you're um, doing, you're taking the weights and you're doing a row once you do that lunge. Now you're working so many muscles by doing that movement. Your butt squeezed, your your quad is being worked because you lunged, your hamstring is being worked as you push yourself back up. Your arms are making it even more because you're holding weights. You're making it even more challenging for your legs. So think of that. So 60% of your muscles between your knee and your hip joint. And when you do those compound workouts and you you're following, you know, the videos that we post in the sisterhood or the course, you'll see that you'll have more of an efficient workout and more results. And it's just incredible. And Sirak is falling apart right now. You guys have no idea. <laughs> I just wanted to add on to what you said about... Uh, <laughs> Are you the, sure? The, I'm dying. Uh, the machines. Now, when I say... I just want to clear, clear it up for anyone who heard what I said. I don't like the mach- the gym machines, specifically ones where um, you're isolating a muscle. For example, leg extension. This is a very, very popular one. You know, where you're sitting down, you're extending your leg to work out your quad. That is one of the most dangerous workouts you can do. Why? Well, one, uh, you're basically creating a lot, a lot of torque and tension on your knee. Basically, you guys, sisters, when you do that workout, you can tell that little thing is above your knee and you're twisting your knee Mm. up to work your quad, right? Well, all that torque and pressure is put on your knee joint. So if you're having knee pain, that can be adding on to it. Yeah. Second, I personally don't like leg workouts where you're sitting down and not really uh, doing a functional movement. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of sitting down and doing a leg extension where you're not, when you're doing a leg extension on a machine, you're not, um, you're not activating your core. You're not really activating your hips. You're really just sitting and activating the quads. So instead of doing that, what you could do is a forward lunge. With a forward lunge, not only now you're activating more of your leg muscles, but now you're activating your core and your back, therefore burning more calories, and it makes your body more functional. You know, your body will have more balance as a result. Your, bo- your body will not just add muscle in one area, but it will... Uh, will overall have a more a functional feel to when you're doing that workout. You said it. And um, and yeah, like just to, about the time, you know, like you want to like your your workout should be 30 to 45 minutes. You know, you want you don't want the workouts to be an hour, two hour where you're feeling exhausted. 30 to 45 to. minutes. Yeah. And that's exactly how we base off our workouts in the sisterhood membership is they're all, you know, about 30 minutes and you do them. Or 30, 45 minutes, and you do them, you know, like uh, three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. We love to incorporate a rest day between your workouts. When you have a rest day, it helps your body recover before the next workout so that you can actually perform at your best. Mm-hmm. When you're doing wor- workouts back to back to back, like six days a week, your body is never recovering. Your body is never uh, able to basically use that, uh, use that glucose that's being stored in the muscles. And as a result, you won't get the same uh results you're looking for Mm -hmm. so uh, those are some of the things that we've incorporated of course we also incorporate like 60 second rest periods this really helps down 
to help calm the body yeah. between sets. Catch your breath. Catch your breath. Help to bring down the cortisol, uh, any sort of cortisol, and just basically have have you be ready for the next set without feeling out of breath or feeling like you're out of yeah you're feeling out of control it's just enough time you know so that you're not oh my god see like are you okay i'm good i'm good, I'm good. <laughs> it's just enough time for you to catch your breath wipe off the sweat and move on to the next one yes workout all right well all right sisters i hope we convinced you to stop unchain yourself from the treadmill is what i like to call it <laughs> And lift some weights with us in the sisterhood. I mean, ideally, the best combination is doing some weightlifting with a little bit of cardio. That yeah. little bit of cardio, you can do 30-minute sessions with like steady running or you can do longer periods of walking, whatever you feel is better for you or whatever you prefer more. And just a little one thing I want to say before we go on to um, uh, DMs is treadmill. So I don't like the treadmill. And the reason why is uh, a treadmill is just a moving surface, right? It's just a moving surface. And all you're doing is jumping up and down. Think about it. You're not really running. You're jumping up and down. And uh, it's not real running because you're not actually pushing off the floor. Now, there are some like specific treadmill brands out there that actually design their treadmills with this in mind. And you actually have to like manually push off to make the treadmill roll. But the ones where they're basically, you know, automatic and they're basically just moving for you, you're not actually running. So in that case, I would recommend to either run outside or actually not to mention when you run on a treadmill, it's also creating a lot of impact on your joints. You're just basically hitting that treadmill super hard. Oh, that, that, that really picked up. <laughs> wow, um, babe. <laughs> you're basically hitting the treadmill really hard with your joints. So you, you may have ankle pain. You may have knee pain after you know, months of doing this. So what to do instead? Well, you can either one run outside on a soft uh, surface. So um, running outside will obviously uh, be more effective, but you want to avoid running on like concrete all the time because again, that's going to be impact on your joints. The second thing is uh, you can also run on on an elliptical machine. Personally, that's my favorite thing to use elliptical because you can add resistance. Mm. So now not only yeah. are you doing cardio, but you're also doing some sort of like a resistant leg workout for your lower body. So those are some a couple of tips I have for anyone who is using the treadmill. Awesome. All right. So uh, we have some DMs that we got. We asked you, sisters. Uh, the question was, what are some reasons why you didn't lift weights in the past? And these were the answers. Clara Lim says, I didn't have any weights and I was scared to bulk. Yeah. Well, I well, hope this episode kind of <laughs> clear that up. And if you're having trouble finding weights, you can also get resistance bands. Yeah. They actually have them available on Amazon uh, more than they have dumbbells available. So resistance bands can or resistance cables can also be very effective. Mm-hmm. Samal Hadid says, I thought cardio helps burn more fat and lose weight better. Interesting. Yeah, well, we, we talked about that you too. You would think, you know, everyone's it, counting calories. Like, I ran yeah. five miles and burned 500 calories. Yeah, and we just talked about how yeah. cardio can do the opposite because of mm-hmm. insulin uh, resistance. Dollface says, because I thought it was just to build muscle and not lose weight. Oh, girl. Well, I hope that this episode was helpful in yeah. understanding metabolism. I am Kel says, I feel silly, like I don't know what I'm doing and people are laughing at me. I can relate to this. Honestly, I, <laughs> I, I totally understand what, what you're meaning by here, but I no one's I really want to say that the, at the gym, the gym is like the most 
in my opinion, where people respect each other the most because no matter what, people respect each other for just being there yeah. and for putting in the work. No matter what you're doing, if you feel like maybe you're not doing something right or if you feel any way, honestly, you're probably getting more respect than you actually think because people there, it's like a, it's like another sisterhood, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, people are like supportive of each other. Yeah. Just the fact that you're there to other people, they're like, wow. One, one way to start is by working out from home, like doing a video from the yeah. sisterhood workouts and just doing it in your living room and then learning how to lift weights. And then if you want, you can do it at the gym instead, where maybe they have heavier weights than what you have at home and so on. You might feel more comfortable if you just start the weightlifting from home and then move to the gym. And then Madison Hamby says, I'm afraid of having the incorrect technique and doing more harm than good. Well, I can totally relate. Sometimes you just want someone to help you out with that. And in the Sisterhood, we also do live workouts where you can watch me do the workout and Sirak um, help me. And he gives lots of tips on like how to do the form properly and everything. And also in the videos in the Sisterhood, we talk about form as well and how to breathe and count and so on and do the workout properly. And then we have Andreas who says, I was told it would make me gain weight because you shouldn't gain muscle under fat. Well, like we mentioned in this podcast episode, lifting weights can actually help you burn fat after the workout. Yeah. And of course, you want to combine the weights with proper diet so that you're not ending up gain gaining weight. So um, that would be, oh my God, see that. <laughs> Can you give me the temperature checker? Yeah. I'm very curious what my I'll temperature is. I'll check right now. But I just wanted to add on to the last point was make, uh, the, the Andrea who said, I was told it would make me gain weight because you shouldn't gain muscle under fat. Well, that goes back to when you first trying to work out. You can first, let's see what my temperature is. 98.5. Really? Oh, I feel horrible. <laughs> I okay. feel you have I'm, body I'm shivering. It's okay. I have body aches. Um, but yeah, when you're first starting to work out, <laughs> you can first have muscle under the fat. But over time, that mu that fat goes away even faster because the muscle helps to use it up for energy. And then you end up looking leaner. So yeah. it's all a process. Like I think the number one takeaway, that was the last DM, but the, the number one takeaway from this is that it's all about the long-term approach. The problem with cardio workouts, with HIIT workout programs, is they're all short-term result-based, meaning it's all about burning the calories, burning the calories, and losing the weight afterwards. It's like, but it doesn't really talk about getting down to the root issues of the PCOS. So when you're doing these slow-weighted workouts, the weight training, over time, over, over a good period of time, you're helping to, to lose the weight, reverse the symptoms that's causing you to gain weight, and then you're just feeling great yeah exactly i'm i i honestly don't know gonna, what half the things i'm saying right I'm now i'm gonna i'm gonna say the weekly wins hold on we have a no 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 uh we have oh a, we have a question we have a question from the, the hotline. pcos hotline uh for those that don't know if you call one eight three three ask pcos ask pcos you can leave a voicemail or a text message with your question or testimonial here is uh this week's question overcome an addiction to dairy and cheese because your girl cannot figure it out. Anything you say can help. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Ooh, 
great question. This is great. And I love this question because now when you understand the physiology behind it, it'll make more sense. Um, and then it'll be more easy to quit dairy and gluten psychologically. So here's what happens. Sometimes we're not very good at excreting casomorphine and glucomorphine. So gluten can gluten converts to glucomorphine, casein converts in milk, casein in milk converts to casomorphine. These play on the opiate receptors in our brain and they make us feel addicted to these foods if we're not good at excreting these the, these compounds from our bloodstream. And so what happens is when we're not good at excreting it, we start to feel addicted to cheese and bread and like you literally like can't live without it. You know, if you, if someone brings a cheese platter, there's no way you can resist or bread at a restaurant. There's no way you can resist. And so that is it's playing on your brain and your opiate receptors. And there have been studies on this. Um you know, and some people aren't as addicted as others. Of course, everyone's body is different. But once you understand that physiology, it's a lot easier to realize that if you stop eating gluten and dairy for a period of time, you'll eventually not crave it anymore either. And you can do that by replacing it with gluten-free and dairy-free items. I don't personally eat a lot of gluten and dairy-free substitute products. Um, also, sometimes it gets expensive. So eventually, I stopped. So in the beginning, I was, I did replace like cheese with dairy-free slices of cheese and, um, you know, gluten-free, I mean, gluten like cookies with gluten-free cookies or gluten with pasta with gluten-free pasta. I did substitute it in the beginning to help me like a crutch. And then eventually I stopped using those substitutes because I felt like I wasn't addicted to gluten and dairy anymore. And also I just like didn't need to have cheese in my sandwich anymore. It was, it was kind of like, whatever, if I didn't have it, I could have avocado instead. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was like, oh, the sandwich, the best part is the cheese. You know what I'm saying? So you just have to cut that addictive part. It takes a couple of weeks, maybe even 30 days, and then you'll start stop craving it, and then you'll be able to move on from it. And it's very easy after a while to make gluten and dairy-free choices. It's just so much easier after you get used to it. You just have to give yourself a chance. Yes. Literally, the whole time Talin was saying that, I was just staring at the table like a, <laughs> like, a, like a dog, basically just staring at the table, thinking about my life. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to tuck you into bed after this. I might have to go into bed right now after this. I'm not going to lie. Okay. But uh, before we go, we want to announce, uh, this is our favorite part of the podcast, of course, our wins of the week from fellow sisters. We have two wins this week. Uh, the first win is from the sisterhood from Rebecca. Rebecca. Yes. Take it away. Uh, she says, yesterday was my f first full day of gluten and dairy-free. It's kind of a big achievement for me right now. Absolutely. I've been slowly working to get to this point over the last month. I'm aiming for the days I have something with dairy or gluten to become further and further apart. I just mm. wanted to celebrate a small small win with someone that would get it. Absolutely, I Rebecca. get it, girl. Great job. And I love that how her method is she's slowly working into it to like she said i've yeah. been slowly working to get to this point over the last month which is what it's all about the long-term yes. approach and not just like we all want to jump into something at yeah. once because we want the results we want the best for ourselves but in most cases 
you know, to get the results you want, it's more of a long-term approach. So, yeah. Rebecca, great job. I like how she says, I'm aiming for the days I have something with dairy or gluten to be, be to become further and further apart. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I was thinking about it when I started this diet and lifestyle change. And it honestly took me a year to fully get consistent with gluten and dairy-free because, you know, here and there I would accidentally have it. There would be instances where I'd forget or didn't know what to order at a restaurant or yeah. didn't have any other options because they didn't eat before or whatever anyways it takes some time but that's a great goal to to make those days further and further apart so the next win is tanya she dm'd us and she says i literally did a slow weighted workout yesterday and it made the half pound difference to reach my goal i went from 148 in march to 134 pounds as of yesterday and that's me my goal was to be at 135 by the end of March. My ultimate goal is 120 pounds. Thank you for all the workout coaching, sister and her mister. You're job, so Tanya. welcome. And we're so happy for you. Um, sometimes we don't mention weight, like exact weights when we talk about people's, uh, like how much people weigh, how much they've lost. Sure. We yeah. don't really talk about how much they weigh yeah. because you don't want to compare yourself so Absolutely. i just want to put a disclaimer here everyone's height is different yeah. body shape is different body goals are different so just because she her goal is 120 pounds doesn't mean yours needs to be yeah. i don't want to create any triggers here absolutely absolutely and of course we always want to say too like you don't want to um, force yourself to lose weight by a certain amount of time you know give your body a chance to kind of get used to what you're doing whatever program you're doing so it's always really good to take a long-term approach you know tanya great great job we're so happy to to hear your results and we're we're, we're always here to help you get to your, your to your next goal whenever yes. that may be it doesn't have to be uh, right away Woo! all right i feel right. i feel a little delirious i um, feel i think we're losing him sister yeah <laughs> we're losing our coach <laughs> No, I think I'm, I think I'm going to get in bed after this right now. Maybe just work from bed. I don't know. I don't know what else I can do. What are you going to do? You're getting your nails done, right? <laughs> I'm going to leave You're leading you. me while I'm <laughs> suffering to go it's and get your nails okay. did. I want everyone okay. to know. Well, Tanya got her nails did the they, day Sirak was. They all appreciate my manicures. I know. I'm just kidding. They I really be totally do. Fine. On Instagram. But you know, you didn't react as badly when you got your second shot. I feel like... I mean, I was just fatigued. Yeah. I mm. asked the pharmacist when she was giving me the shot. Uh, I said, I've heard that if you have a, a stronger immune system, that you can have more symptoms after. She says, yeah, that there's actually some truth to that. Mm -hmm. So maybe my immune system is stronger than yours. Well, you win then, don't you? It's a competition. <laughs> Alrighty. I think that's the episode, sisters. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you enjoy your next workout. Hope you were working out while you listen to this oh, episode. Yeah. And we'll talk to you soon, sisters. Yes. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.